Welcome to our podcast, Clinical Outcomes and Best Practices for CGM Youth and Seniors, sponsored by Dexcom. This is Dr. Jessica Castle, Associate Professor at Oregon Health and Science University in the Harold Center Diabetes Health Center and Associate Editor of Diabetes Technology and Therapeutics. In this podcast, join our expert faculty for an interactive discussion focused on real-time CGM use in older adults. Topics discussed include benefits of real-time CGM, addressing barriers, and improving utilization in seniors using technology and clinical study outcomes. Our two experts today are Dr. Janet McGill, professor at Washington University School of Medicine, and Dr. Viral Shaw, assistant professor at the Barbara Davis Center for Diabetes. Welcome to both of you, and thank you for joining me today. Thank, thank you. you, Dr. Castle. I'm glad that you're both able to join us today. So our topic today is going to be CGM use in older adults. Dr. McGill, maybe you can start us off. Can you tell us a little bit about the risk of hypoglycemia in older adults and the potential role for CGM? Yes, this is a really important topic. So of our seniors, people over age 65 of them have diabetes. So a very large number, this is both type 1 and type 2 diabetes. Many of them require insulin. The type 1 patients, of course, require insulin. And we now know that older adults are prone to hypoglycemia and have increased hypoglycemia unawareness. So why is that? Well, many reasons, maybe other medications, maybe lack of adrenergic symptoms. It's not completely clear, but we know that there is a tremendous both increase in hypoglycemia and increase in the risk to the patient from hypoglycemia in older adults. The question posed not that long ago is, Can CGM play a role here? Can CGM, especially real-time CGM, reduce the rates of hypoglycemia in older adults with diabetes? And this was first addressed in the DIAMOND study that sub-analysis of seniors. So the DIAMOND study tested CGM in patients using MDI therapy, both type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. So of those aged greater than 60, 63 were assigned to CGM and 53 to a control group. The mean age of this sub-study was 67 years, and the mean duration of diabetes was 21 years. The mean A1C was 8.5%. So the fear of hypoglycemia often limits our patient's ability to get to the A1C that is probably the safest for many, many complications. In the Diamond Seniors sub-study, which was published in the Journal of Diabetes Science and Technology in 2017, CGM resulted in a mean A1C drop of 1% compared to 0.5% in the control group. Time in range increased by 1.5 hours per day. Time spent greater than 250 milligrams per deciliter decreased by 1.5 hours per day. Hypoglycemia was not changed dramatically, but what we found is that patients wore CGM and had a high level of satisfaction with CGM. They learned how to wear it. They liked wearing it. It helped 
their overall glucose control, and they were avid users at the end of the trial. Dr. Shaw, now that we've reviewed this data from the DIAMOND trial, does this fit with what you see in your clinic? Great question, Dr. Crossell, and I 100% agree with Dr. Magdal, what she said, that for older adults with long-standing type 1 diabetes or type 2 diabetes, they do have multiple comorbidities, including hypoglycemia and hypoglycemia unawareness. So this technology has been really a great tool for our patients to improve their glycemic control. Not only that, but also minimizing the risk of the hypoglycemia, which is both. You can define that by CGM-based hypoglycemia, that's less than 70 or less than 54 milligram per deciliter, or a severe hypoglycemia where patient requires third-party assistance by a family members or spouse or maybe in medical assistance. So I exactly see the benefits of CGM in older adults in a clinic, the way that it was reported in a Diamond clinical trial, that we do see an improvement in glycemic outcomes, reduction in the hypoglycemia. And I totally agree that most patients that we start on real-time CGM in this age group, they love to be on this technology. They love to continue to use this technology. So the use of CGM is great in this age group. So I agree completely with Dr. Shaw that our clinical experience has shown us that seniors can use CGM and benefit from it. The DIAMOND trial was designed to show that CGM is useful in patients on MDI therapy and showed it very nicely. There were some open questions, however, and a big question was, does CGM help to prevent hypoglycemia in senior citizens with diabetes and in particular with type 1 diabetes. So this was the design of the WISDOM trial, which is Wireless Innovation for Seniors with Diabetes Mellitus. The outcome of the trial was to determine if CGM can reduce hypoglycemia in persons with type 1 diabetes who are greater than age 60. 203 participants were randomly assigned one-to-one to either a Dexcom G5 or to blood glucose monitoring with blinded CGM at intervals during the study. The patients could be on pump or MDI. These patients did not have dementia and they could not have more than 10% sensor glucose values less than 54 during the blinded CGM. The primary outcome was the percent of time below range, so below 70 milligrams per deciliter. Secondary outcomes included CGM metrics for hypoglycemia, hyperglycemia, A1C, and other patient-reported outcomes. The baseline characteristics are exactly what you would expect. The median age was 68 years, evenly split gender, the majority used Medicare or combination of Medicare and private, And interestingly, about 50% used insulin pumps, and some had used CGM prior to the study. 19% in the CGM group had had a severe hypoglycemic event in the last 12 months. The A1C mean was 7.5 or 7.6. Let's go right to the primary outcome. The primary outcome The question to be answered was, does CGM reduce time below range in patients living with type 1 diabetes who are older? And the answer is that it does. 
and it does so significantly. At baseline, we were all shocked to find out that patients with an A1C of 7.5, 7.6, were spending more than an hour below 70 milligrams per deciliter. So 73 minutes in the CGM group, 68 minutes in the control group. In the CGM group, this dropped to 39 minutes and stayed the same in the control group. So the primary endpoint was met that's real-time CGM using a Dexcom G5, reduced hypoglycemia, time below range in persons with type 1 diabetes over the age of 60. The secondary outcome was percent of time less than 54 milligrams per deciliter. And surprising to me was that our patients were spending more than 20 minutes less than 54 milligrams per deciliter per day. This was reduced from 27 to 7.2 minutes in the CGM group, did not change in the BGM group. So time below 70 and time below 54 were both reduced. What about severe hypoglycemic events? In the six-month period of the main trial, there was one event in the CGM group and 10 events in the BGM group. While this was not significant, there was certainly a reduction in severe hypoglycemia. Dr. Shaw, why do you think that hypoglycemia was so significantly reduced in the CGM group? Great question, Dr. Castle. This is what we expected it's going to happen, right? So how CGM helps people with type 1 diabetes, and specifically older adults with type 1 diabetes, do reduce hypoglycemia? There are multiple reasons to that. Number one, it provides you a constant glucose reading every five minutes for real-time CGMs. So knowing your blood sugar numbers, it makes you more proactive. Number two, that you can have a customizable alert where you can set customizable low alerts or a high alert so that when you reach to that particular threshold, it will alert you so that, again, you can be proactive in minimizing or preventing hypoglycemia. The other things uh, in a newer generation PGM, for example, the Dexcom G6, it has an urgent low soon feature, which has a predictive low glucose alert, where it will alert you 20 minutes prior to you're going to be around 55 milligram per deciliter. And again, that's an anticipated 55 milligram per deciliter. So again, it will make you even more proactive to reduce what we call the critical hypoglycemia, which is 54 milligram per deciliter. And also, there are some additional features with the real-time CGM. For example, you can use the share feature where patients can share their glucose data with their family members or spouse or significant others. And the family member can also have a customizable alert so that they can, let's say, for example, if they have a setting of a 70 milligram per deciliter, they will receive a text message that this person is having glucose of 70 milligram per deciliter so that the family member can call or probably do something to make sure that the patient with type 1 diabetes has treated low blood glucose. So here I see that there are multiple ways that real-time CGM can help, especially the older adults with intensively insulin-treated diabetes, whether it's a type 1 diabetes or intensive insulin-treated type 2 diabetes. Those are very good points, Dr. Shaw. In addition to reducing hypoglycemia in the WISDOM trial, there was a significant increase in time and range 
which is defined as 70 to 180 milligrams per deciliter. The CGM group saw an increase from 56% to 63%, while the BGM group stayed essentially the same, 56 to 54%, ending up at 13 hours in range, the rest of it not in range. In the CGM group, there was a mean A1C reduction of 0.4%. So interestingly, CGM reduced hypoglycemia, increased time and range, and reduced A1C, which is shown also in the reduction in the coefficient of variation, dropped from 41% in the CGM group to 37% and did not change in the BGM group. What this shows us is that CGM has a number of different effects on glucose control, reducing hypoglycemia, but also improving hyperglycemia. And Dr. McGill, I would add that this study specifically was looking at real-time CGM, so the Dexcom G5 CGM system. And so I think the benefit of using real-time CGM is specifically that patients are able to view their data at all times, but also receive alerts. So for example, if somebody is having a hypoglycemic event overnight, they can be alerted and then they can treat that hypoglycemic event. And that's different than flash CGM. So flash CGM is where someone wears a sensor and they have to use a device to flash the device in order to get the glucose value. And so they're not going to get real-time alerts. So they don't have that benefit. So I just wanted to highlight with these results of the WISDOM trial that this was specifically with real-time CGM. And Dr. Kessel, that's absolutely true. And I think in my clinical experience, getting an alert before the low occurs allows patients to not overtreat, which is why we did not see an increase in hyperglycemia. I think patients become just simply better at managing their diabetes, given a little bit of warning instead of feeling that urgent need to get themselves out of a serious hypoglycemic range glucose So the people that were in the study and my older patients really now rely on real-time CGM for safety. And this is a concept that is just so important. It is such a marvelous addition, keeping them safe in addition to helping their management. And I totally agree with both of you, Dr. Kassel and Dr. McGill. Just adding one more point is, We also worry about the nocturnal hypoglycemia in our older patients with type 1 diabetes. And they also have a hypoglycemia unawareness, which makes all the situations scary. So real-time CGM is definitely a more advantageous than flash continuous glucose monitor because you cannot get the readings while you are sleeping with these intermittently scanned or flash continuous glucose monitoring this patient population. And I would like to add about the wisdom expansion clinical trial data. Many of you know about the JDRF-CGM clinical trial. So the wisdom is designed in a similar way of that JDRF-CGM clinical trial where Dr. McGill spoke about that initially the patients were randomized one-to-one to either CGM or blood glucose monitoring. That's a BGM. And after six months, all the patients who were using the BGM were given an opportunity to cross over and use the CGM for another six months. 
Now you have got a two groups. One is that those who started with TGM in a randomization and continue to use that for one year. And the other group, they were on a BGM for six months in that randomized trial. Now they are getting a CGM. So here we are getting two different kind of data in this study design. One, the long-term efficacy of CGM. So in a wisdom extension clinical trial, the people who were assigned to CGM to begin with continue to have a reduction in the hypoglycemia significantly over one year. They maintain their drop-in A1C by about 0.3%. That happened in the first six months. Again, they maintain that good A1C over one year. In a second, where people were moved from the BGM group to the CGM group, there was a significant reduction in hypoglycemia. And again, it's a CGM-based hypoglycemia, whether you take it less than 70 milligram per deciliter or less than 54 milligram per deciliter, there was a significant reduction in the both hypoglycemia definition. Also, there was a significant improvement in A1C and time in range in the people who moved from that BGM group to the CGM group over one year. The another important thing to note is that the people who were assigned to that CGM group, they were 103 to begin with. And out of that 103, 100 people continued to use the CGM over one year. Similarly, in the BGM group, most of the people decided to go on a CGM. So it just gives us an idea about the usability or easy use of CGM in this older adult population with type 1 diabetes. And it also gives us a really good longitudinal, long-term data about the efficacy and the safety of real-time CGM in this patient population. So thank you, Dr. Shah. I think, you know, we've outlined here that CGM is a very powerful tool that can be used across a really broad population, including seniors with type 1 diabetes. Dr. McGill, in your practice, how do you train seniors on CGM and support them with their CGM use? This is a very good question. Teaching a senior with type 1 or type 2 diabetes new technology is a little bit different than instructing our younger people. We find that it's incredibly useful whether they're on MDI or whether they're using insulin pumps, but it's really critical that they come in for in-person training. The in-person training may take a little bit more time and may require more than one session, depending on the individual and their support system. We also find that if we do sort of a stepped training approach, starting with basic settings like low alerts, the alarms, that sort of thing, we focus on safety first after reviewing downloads and setting up connectivity. Then we focus on insulin adjustments after reviewing data. Finally, the more advanced training is teaching our patients how to pay attention to trend arrows, how to adjust insulin based on not only the blood glucose, but the arrow up or the arrow down and how to use clarity reports, both to connect with a clinic, to connect with relatives, and potentially other caretakers. So I have patients doing all of the above, but it has required training to get these patients fully functional on real-time CGM. So I completely agree with Dr. McGill that 
in training the real-time CGM for patients with type 1 diabetes specifically to this population, the older adults, you have to individualize the training because, for example, you see a 65-year-old with type 1 diabetes, but that person may be functionally fit on technology, on board, it may not take much time versus another individual, same age, type 1 diabetes, but probably that person may require longer training or more detailed training. So again, the individualization is the key here. I totally agree with Dr. McGill about the alert setting, but I want to add just one thing that we do advise all patients with type 1 diabetes to keep the urgent low soon feature on because that helps them to prevent that critical low. And the third, a lot of people, those who have a long-standing diabetes, multiple comorbidities, also have a problem with the low vision. They may not be able to see properly because of severe diabetic retinopathy. So on those patients, we do also teach about the share, the Siri features, because now the new generation have real-time CGM. Again, an example is the Dexcom G6 that has an ability to integrate with the Siri where you can just ask the Siri that, hey, what's my glucose? And then Siri will tell you that your glucose is X and it's going up or down or it's remaining steady. So that also helps the people manage their diabetes better. And the last is that we all are living in an unprecedented time right now, and we are all doing telemedicine visits rather than in person. So in that kind of a situation, make sure that when you train a person on a real-time CGM, that person should actually make an account with the Dexcom, Dexcom Clarity at the time and link that with your clinic portal so that you can get the data whenever you want that data. It will help a lot during the telemedicine visits. It will reduce the time in getting the data and analyzing the data. So, Dr. Shah, I think that's a critical point in that patients using CGM can connect their CGM when they're using devices like the G6, for example, to their clinic. And so they don't have to download the device for us to be able to access the data. And currently, given the COVID-19 pandemic, we're doing only virtual clinics, except for, for example, patients with newly diagnosed type 1 diabetes. So the vast majority of patients are seen virtually. And so the ability to access their data with essentially no effort from the patient and very little effort from the clinic has been fantastic. So I'm able to evaluate patients and see, for example, their ambulatory glucose profile, and I can see their time in hypoglycemia and time in serious hypoglycemia and time in range and help people make insulin adjustments virtually, essentially with ease because of the CGM. These points are terrific. During this period when we have been utilizing telemedicine and video visits, CGM through Clarity and other apps has really been critical for us to be able to help patients with understanding their glucoses, their insulin doses, and it's really been highly, highly valuable for us. I think we expect that telemedicine is going to continue and will be productive in many cases thanks to the connectivity of real-time CGM. When I'm doing a telemedicine visit with a patient using real-time CGM, there are a number of report options. There's the overview, of course. 
I particularly like the trend report, which is similar to the AGP. It will give me the mean blood glucose, the standard deviation. The AGP gives a coefficient of variation. You can tell if the patient is having too much variability in their blood glucoses. And then looking at the trends to see if they have particular problems like down sloping glucoses at night or postprandial highs or highs in the evening are very common problems. So I tend to utilize the trend report, which I think is highly useful. Excellent. Well, I wanted to thank Dr. McGill and Dr. Shaw so much for your time today. I think this was a great discussion. And before we go, if each of you can give us your one takeaway point from our discussion today. Dr. McGill? Thank you, Dr. Castle. I consider CGM an important adjunct for the treatment of type 1 diabetes and for the treatment of type 2 diabetes when the patient is taking insulin. I consider it critical for their safety and for connecting with us during these times when physical visits might be impossible or very, very limited. It's really helped both our patients and it's helped us help them. And Dr. Shah? I would just conclude here that think about the CGM first in all patients with type 1 diabetes and insulin-treated type 2 diabetes. Specifically, this older adults with long-standing diabetes are the great candidates for CGM. And CGM is a powerful tool to help them to manage their diabetes and reduce the hypoglycemia risk. Great. Thank you both for your time today. And thank you, everyone, for listening into our podcast. Thank you. Thank you.